Amen. Let's take God's word together, please, and turn again to the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 10. Numbers, chapter 10, and I've been seeking the Lord all week that he might give me a word that I can share with you. And I am convinced more and more that unless God speaks to the preacher and gives him a word, then, then it's it's a waste of time. So Numbers chapter 10, and I want you to look at this text with me. This is the next portion of God's word that we come to. Numbers 10. I've spoken briefly about it already with the children, and I want, by God's grace, to speak about it more now. I've marked in my Bible, in verse number 2, Make thee two trumpets. A very interesting command. This is the last command that Moses is given from God, the base of the Mount of God. The last word of instruction. And although it may appear to be little and not a significant thing, it is largely significant when you consider responsibility and the purpose of these trumpets. Uh, two trumpets. Think about this. This last word of instruction, make the two trumpets. They're to be made of silver and to be made of a whole piece. Not mixed, not mingled, not but a whole piece. And uh, then God's people were based upon those trumpets were going to be directed for the rest of their days by the clear sound of those trumpets. And that's hugely important for us today. Because today we are not directed by a silver trumpet any longer. But we are directed by the clear sound of preaching. We should be. We should be directed by the clear sound of preaching. This is a theme throughout the scriptures. Isaiah 58 verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. The job of a prophet, the job of a pastor, of a pastor, is to lift up their voice like a trumpet, and to give God's people the clear and certain sound of thus saith the Lord. Here in Numbers 10, it was the priests, the men who would work on behalf of God's people, speak to God on behalf of God's people, and then speak to the people of God on behalf of God. It was their job to be those who used those trumpets. And can I just say this? If the priest doesn't get his instruction from God, it is most certain to be devastating to the people of God. Now I want you to hear the severity of this thought. If the one who stands before God's people to sound the trumpet does not hear God clear instruction, then how the people respond, because they are commanded to respond to the sound of the trumpet, it is sure to be a devastating problem. And I don't think you need me to tell you today, but we are in a period of devastation in churches today because of the unclear sound that is often proclaimed from the pulpit or because of wrong sound that is proclaimed from the pulpit in the name of God. If God's men who proclaim His Word 
do not hear from God Himself. If they make their own noise, if they sound off whenever they want to, rather than when God says to, if they make up their own little ditty, in their own little tune, rather than what God tells them to play, what God tells them to say, then we're in trouble. And it is my job, my concern, as the under-shepherd of this church, to ensure that the preaching from this pulpit, whether it be my own or anyone else who stands behind this pulpit, is one that is in complete accordance with God's word, with God himself. We do not offer some new extra-biblical revelation. We do not offer unto you anything new. What we say must be in line with what thus saith the Lord. Myself, first of all, and anyone else who would preach from this pulpit. We try, we have tried in the years gone by to be very careful about who we permit to preach. Some may say, well, you hog the pulpit. You're a pulpit hog. No, I have a great responsibility. A great responsibility to ensure that whatever is proclaimed from this pulpit is that which is pleasing to the Lord. Otherwise, the result will surely be devastating. Look around at the condition of the church in the Western world. Look we can blame Christianity, we can blame Christians, but I think the blame must begin switch to this microphone because I think I'm cutting in and out every few words. The blame lies largely at the pulpit. May the Lord help each one of us who proclaim the word to get it right. The responsibility of the minister is crucial. That one might say it's the greatest responsibility on earth to stand and say, thus saith the Lord. How many of us have seen charlatans on television who have used the office of a minister to say, God has told me. And it has nothing to do with what is found in the pages of this book. And is led and is leading many a souls astray. You say, how do we know if, if the trumpet is sounding the way it should sound? God in his mercy has granted unto us a manual that tells us how the trumpet should sound, how to respond when it is sounded, what your response as a listener to the sound we've been given. So anytime I might preach something that is contrary to this, it is your responsibility to say, pardon me, Mr. Trumpeter, you got it wrong. Leviticus chapter 10, it's a very serious thing to get it wrong. Let me show you how serious it is. Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron, the high priest, the first high priest that was appointed by the Lord, had two sons which would follow in the priesthood. And they were called Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. They took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not 
Let me tell you what they were doing. They were doing their own thing. They said, I know that God has told us to offer fire in this manner and to offer this kind of a fire and to do it this way, but I think we ought to try it this way. Can I tell you, there are a lot of people trying it their own way today. And what was the result of the priest trying it their own way? And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, their father, their daddy, this is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron, the two boys' father, held his peace because he knew he couldn't say anything else. It is of utmost importance that the minister gets it right. That the preacher gets it right. In fact, it's dangerous to get it wrong. Let's go back to our text in Numbers chapter 10. Make thee two trumpets, and they're to be made of silver. What's the significance of silver? Silver uh, signifies purity. Do you remember in Psalm chapter 12, when David writes, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times and so thus whatever comes from the mouth of the preacher ought to be the pure word of God unadulterated not silver and gold not silver and bronze not silver and whatever else purely silver alone purely the word of God alone every once in a while somebody gets a good idea and they come to me and they say you know you know you know I like what you do and I like what you say but Have you ever thought about trying this? Have you ever thought about, hey, ease up a little bit. You talk a lot about sin and you talk a lot about judgment. Why don't you ease up a little bit? I have no choice. I must declare the pure word of God. I cannot water it down. I cannot add to it. It's got to be pure. And it has to be made, the trumpets had to be made of one piece. Let me tell you what that is. Look here. One whole piece. The entirety of it. Not part of it. Not cut it in half and you make it of that part. I don't like that part. I don't like the Old Testament. I don't like that part. Why don't you just preach this part? No, no, the whole. One whole piece of silver pure word of God and the entire word of God we're to preach the whole counsel of God from beginning unto the end unmixed unbroken unadulterated word of God do you remember the warning the last warning given in scripture scripture does anybody remember it the last warning that is recorded for us in the pages of scripture is found in the last chapter of revelation maybe you remember it For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. Would you look this way? That is a serious warning to add to it or to take away from it is serious 
and you may not like it. Did you know I'm sure the children of Israel didn't like it when that trumpet was blasted in their ears? I'm sure there were times when the trumpet blasted in such a way that it had awakened them from their sleep and they didn't like it. I'm sure there were times when they were just getting settled and the trumpet blasted, which meant it's time to go. They said, I don't want to go. But they had to. And so it is with the preaching of God's word. Now, what is it for? Why do men get up and stand behind a piece of wood and ramble on every week? Sometimes they sweat and spit and shout and carry on. Sometimes they cry. Why? What is the purpose of preaching? You ever wondered that? What is the purpose of the trumpet? Well, we're told. Numbers chapter 10, make thee two trumpets of silver, of whole peace shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the entertainment of the assembly. Is that what it says? That thou mayest use them to tickle their ears. That's what a lot of pulpits are being used for today. Entertainment. Oh, that's a lovely sound. Listen to the sound of that trumpet. I guarantee you they didn't say that when the trumpet was sounded. I guarantee you it wasn't a beautiful sound when the, they weren't all out there playing together in harmony and, and playing together in a, in a beautiful synchronization. No, they were, they were playing for, with a distinct purpose. And preaching isn't for entertainment. You turn on the telly or listen to some preaching on the internet and some preaching is just that purely entertaining, isn't it? What is it for? The first and foremost use of preaching is found right here. That thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly. The first and foremost use of preaching is the calling of God's people together. What do you mean? Just so they can have a big meeting in a tent on the field? No, 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 no. No, no, to call the scattered sheep, to call the lost and wandering ones, to call the wayward ones to the shepherd. In fact, the Bible says God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. He's chosen the foolishness of trumpet blasting to save them that believe. The first reason men preach is not to be seen and not to be heard and not to entertain and not to win a fan club and to see how many followers they can get on Facebook or Twitter. But it is to call the lost to repentance. <coughs> Paul writes it very plainly in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. I've been sent to lift up my voice, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Not trying to make it sound beautiful and pretty. Not trying to tickle your ears and tickle your fancy and, and make you think, my, my, isn't that a smooth talker? No, 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 no. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by its own wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the world's going to think that preaching is foolish. 
the world is going to think you all are a bunch of nutcases to go and sit 31 degree weather beneath a tent on a field and listen to a sweaty man ramble on. It's foolishness. But unto them which are called, there it is, the trumpet blast is for calling. To them which are called, the scriptures say, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. The first and foremost reason we have preaching is for the calling of God's people together. And here's what the trumpet blast says. Come. Here's what the preacher should say. Here's what the sound of the trumpet first and foremost should, should utter. The cry that should be made. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a call to those who are lost. And so that, that, that call should be so loudly proclaimed that somebody lost in the distance might hear. That somebody in their own mind and heart that knows something's wrong and don't know how to get it right might hear perhaps a foolishness of preaching that says, that's what I need. That's what I need. I must come. I hear it. Keep, keep playing so I can, so I can make my way there. Keep preaching so I can hear it again. Come unto me. Come for all things are now ready. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Are you thirsty today? Not just physically, but spiritually. Then the call from the trumpet is come. A symbol. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Jesus said to the disciples, come and follow me. That's the first reason the trumpets blasted to call people to come. And so this morning, let me look here for a second. If you've never been saved, come. If you haven't been born again yet, come. If your sins are still weighing heavy on your back, come. Come. That's why we preach. Because God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to awaken the dead. It goes on. What else was the trumpet used for? To assemble. The Bible says use them for the calling of the assembly. And for the journeying of the camps. It says in verse number five, when ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. The trumpets used to call God's people together. It's used to move God's people. And do you know how it's done? Do you know how God's people are moved? They aren't moved by being told that everything's just fine. They're not moved by being petted and told, you are doing just fine, you're okay, you're a good boy, you're a good girl, and you know God understands, and everything's all right, and hey, just keep it on, keep it on, keep on going. Hey, no worries, no big deal. That's not how people are moved. 
people are moved by the sound of an alarm. Do you know what? If, if in the morning my wife were to come in at five o'clock and were to say to me, you keep sleeping. You're doing a great job sleeping. You're doing a great job resting there. And she were to pet my head and say, you keep, keep resting and point the fan on me a little bit more so I, so I would not be too disturbed if she were to do that and perhaps even set a nice cold glass of water so I didn't have to get up and do anything. If she were to do that, I'd never get up. But if she wants me to get up, she's going to dump that ice cold, cold glass of water on my head. She's going to shake me. She's going to lift her voice up a little louder near to my ear. Hey, get up. You've got to get up. You've got work to do. An alarm. That's what it says. God's people do not need to be petted. We need to be alarmed. We need to be awakened. And the trumpet is meant to be a blast of warning. It's time to move. It's time to go. Something's wrong. The enemy is coming. Get ready. That's what an alarm is for. The reason we hear an alarm, we set an alarm on our on our phones or on the alarm clock is so that we might wake up to get ready. And so the trumpet was blasted. Preaching is used to wake God's people up. To say it's not okay that you're sleeping. It's not okay that you are just like the world in which we live. Wake up. It's not okay that you're doing just like everybody else is doing. You're not ready. It's not okay that you are mingled with the heathen. Wake up. Joel, the old prophet, we looked at this over the last couple of months. You remember the old prophet gave a warning, didn't he? In chapter 2, in verse number 1, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Why? For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Shame on every preacher that pets his congregation instead of said, Look, the day's coming. Jesus is coming. Get ready. Don't sleep any longer. Wake up. That's the job of a trumpeter to sound the alarm. Matthew 25, our Savior speaks about this. He speaks on that famous discourse prophetically, speaking about the days that are to come, the last days. And he says in Matthew chapter 25, let me read it for you. Verse number six. We looked at this recently. The story of the ten virgins. At midnight, there was a cry made. When everybody was sleeping, a cry was made. Remember what the cry was? Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Meaning, get up and get ready. The bridegroom is coming. I wonder, are you ready? If I were to come around again today and ask each one of you, are you ready? Are you ready? Because the bridegroom's coming today and you're going to meet him today. You're going to meet Jesus himself today. Are you ready? Would you be able to say with confidence, yes, by the grace of God, I'm ready? Or would you say, no? No, I'm ashamed of what I've done this last week. I'm ashamed of how I've wasted my time. I'm ashamed of how I've lived like everybody else lived around me. I'm ashamed that I've looked at my face in the mirror far too much rather than looking at God in his word. I'm ashamed. I'm not ready. Then here's the trumpet blast. Get ready. That's what it's for. Get ready. 
And then it says, look what it says in our text in Numbers 10, verse number five. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. Preaching is to be used to cause God's people to advance. Most preaching does not cause God's people to advance at all. It causes them to sleep a little bit harder. It lulls people to sleep. I've been to meetings myself when I've felt like sleeping. Not because the preacher is boring. It's not about whether a preacher is boring. It's about whether or not he's preaching truth. That's what it's about. It's not about the personality of a preacher. It's about the message of the preacher. Go forward. Advance. I believe that God is always advancing, don't you? And if God is always advancing, the church ought to always be advancing. I think it was William Carey that once said that God is always advancing. Can I ask you, have you been advancing in your Christian life? Or are you in the same place today as you were a year ago? Are you in the same encampment? The rest of God's people have picked up tent, picked up camp and moved on. And you're still back there because you didn't hear the trumpet. Or you heard the trumpet and you didn't like it and you put your fingers in your ears. And so you've been left behind while the camp of God have moved on. The sound of the trumpet was to move God's people forward. It was used to call them to battle. Verse number nine. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpet. Ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God and ye shall be saved from your enemies. But you will not be remembered before the Lord your God or saved from your enemies if the trumpet isn't sounded and you don't go to war. Have you forgotten that the Christian life is a life of battle, a life of war. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. It's a spiritual battle. If you didn't realize that when you got up this morning, then you're still sleeping. If you can't real if you don't see that there's a battle raging all around us and it's becoming more and more intense, then you are fully asleep. And you need that trumpet to be put up to your ear and to be awakened so that you might fight a good fight. She might war a good warfare. Because a soldier of God, a soldier of Christ, does not entangle himself with the affairs of this, of this life and of this world. And so many of us are entangled with the affairs of this, war, of this world. And you can't fight. You cannot fight when you're tangled up, when you're hugging up next to the enemy. You cannot fight the enemy when you're sleeping with the enemy. Wake up. We're in a battle. And we're called, a trumpet is blown that we might fight. And lastly, verse number 10, also, in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginning of the beginnings of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. You know what a trumpet should do? It should cause us to worship. It should remind us of Jesus. All the sacrifices, all the feasts, all the things that were done were a, a foretaste, a foreshadow of the coming Messiah. So every preaching, every declaration from the pulpit ought to cause people to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, which would cause us in turn to bow the knee and worship. Whether you be glad or whether you be sad, worship because he's worthy. Preaching ought to cause us to say, not a good talker, not a good preacher. 
But my, what a good God. Spurgeon one time said that. Came down out of a pulpit one time and a woman was there at the bottom of the pulpit to meet him. And a woman said, my, 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 that was the greatest sermon I've ever heard. And he said, don't you worry, the devil already told me that. And he recognized it wasn't flattery that he needed. It wasn't that he was trying to impress people. He longed rather for their soul to be stirred. In fact, he thought he was a failure if people were to recognize he was a great preacher. Not a great sermon. He wanted to, wanted to hear, what a great God. What a great God. And preaching ought to cause people to look unto God. Might might should cause people to say, hold on a moment. I need to get myself ready. I need to be right with him. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's pure. And, he, and it will not, my behavior will not stand before the eyes of a holy God. I wonder. I wonder if you are the kind of a person that likes to be petted. You've got in your own mind what you want to hear and how you want to be moved. There's one last little thing that I think this trumpet reminds us of. And I think one of the little lads here said it a moment ago, or maybe it was Hadley. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 31, Jesus says, let's look at verse number 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus is coming. And every time a preacher lifts his voice and every time one preaches from the word, it ought to be to make the, make the cry and to, and to let folks know we're running out of time. He is coming and he could come today. Get ready. His return is imminent. Be ready. Be ready. He's going to gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven unto the other. Be ready. Are you ready? Now, the interesting thing is this. The priests were to blow the trumpet and the people of God were to respond. I can preach until I lose my voice, until all my clothes are dripping with sweat, but it doesn't matter if you don't respond. Do you know I could come and say, look, look, uh, I'm warning you, the Lord is coming. But if you don't listen to that sound, it does you no good. Now, I wonder how many times you've heard the preaching of God's word and it's made no effect in your life. You've not listened. You've not repented of your sins. You've not turned unto the Lord Jesus. You've not looked by faith uh, at the one who bids you come. You've not by faith uh, listened to that trumpet sound and made your way to the Savior. If so, then... I, my warning is, look, you don't know how much time you have left. This may be the last trumpet, annoying trumpet blast you ever hear. So come. Come. Christian, get ready and go forward. Go forward. Listen to the warnings of God's word and listen to the uh, edification, the admonitions of God's word, the encouragements of them, and let's move forward together. Let's advance. Go forward.
not backwards. And may the Lord help us. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Father, we ask thee to help us. We know that the temptation today is to fall asleep. We feel it. We fight it, Lord. Help us to fight harder. Help us to war a good warfare. Help us to advance, to go forward. Help us, like Paul, to say this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. And looking forward, I press on towards the mark. Help us to advance, Lord. Help us not to desire to be entertained or to have our ears tickled any longer, but may we desire to hear the clear sound of the preaching of thy word. May we grow to love the preaching of the word in its entirety. May we, may we no longer wish to be entertained when we come beneath a tent or into a meeting, but may the desire rather may it be to hear, thus saith the Lord. And help us to respond to the preaching, Lord. We cannot do it without thy help. Help us to respond, Lord. When we hear thy word preached, help us to obey it. I pray for the ones who have not yet come, they've not yet been assembled amongst the people of God. Help them to come even today. Help them to hear the voice of Jesus saying, come unto me. Help them to hear that little invitation that if any, any man thirst, let him come and drink. And maybe even this morning they would come. Move amongst us, we pray. Use the preaching of thy word in this pulpit, no matter who it might be. For thy honor and thy glory and for the advancement of thy people here. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake.